Oh, we've done it now, haven't we? We are four episodes into season two of 24. And I think I speak for both of us when I say the real game has begun. Oh, it's so much more entertaining. Like, oh, it's so much more racist. Uh, it's But, well, like, uh, the racism dial has been t- cranked. I'm suspect. I was going to say to Max, but I'm suspecting it can get worse. Uh, but we, but we do also have the, have. Hang uh, on, the I need to, I need to explain to the listeners that I do not enjoy racism. I just want to say that the editing and the acting, they have finally invented it. So there is actual stakes, and there are actually things happening minute to minute, rather than just Jack Bauer being on Hedak phone. Well, the. Uh, the first thing that actually happens in this entire series, the, uh, you know, the, it comes up, you know, you get the 24, you know, beep, beep, beep. And then the very first thing we happen is we see the effectiveness of torture. Mm. Uh, we're, we see we're in a, a black site in Seoul in South Korea. And uh, there's a, a man getting what, it looks like he's getting like the surgery that turns you into the Winter Soldier. And he seems to have bags of milk on his feet. <laughs> it's like they've invented a fun new method of torture. They're gonna, they're, I'm gonna make your feet a bit stinky. No, it, I'm gonna boil you in milk to make sure you got no flavour. You son of a bitch. And I'm gonna, oh, your your foot cream is going to get really uh, bubbly. No, but like it is like it, it does look like a um, like a David Cronenberg machine. Like it, it, it's it's wild. Like it, it looks like a it. Looks like something that you would like strap down, like a shapeshifter to. Yeah, no, they would. They would just. They would just waterboard him. Well, uh, like, that's the thing. They would just waterboard him. But like, no, this. This we we need to make sure that this looks like bizarre. I guess. So we see that for about fifteen seconds, and then immediately he gives actionable intelligence. Mm. So, starting as we mean to continue, baby. Uh. He says that something is happening today, uh, and at which point somebody calls up uh, now President Palmer. Uh, oh, I was so hoping he wasn't going to be president, but it wasn't to be. That, that would have been incredible, again, if he just turned out to lose the general. To, that would rule. Um, we got President Trump. Or if they'd never actually specified. Oh, God, because this is a, he is very much an Obama stand-in, like before... Yeah, like this, but like, like before Obama was like a like a he's like proto Obama. Yeah, he, so I want like proto Trump. I think he, that would be way funnier. Oh, um, I think I think if Trump was having to deal with the situation in Los Angeles in season two of Twenty Four, that would rule. Well, um, uh, Dave, well, uh, David Palmer, he's having a he's having a little fishing trip, and then he goes to what I've got put down. I've written down is the uh oh bunker. <laughs> because it's a bunker and you see it and you go uh-oh oh that's not good yeah, yeah. Like you, you, when you see the bunker you say uh-oh and when you say uh-oh you go to the bunker mm. and he's got all he's got uh, all people there from all of his various agencies notably nobody from ctu because it doesn't exist fake agency uh, and they tell him that there is a nuke that's gonna go off today in los angeles the stakes have Thoroughly been upped. We but are... who's deploying the nuke? Um, well, they are. Guess who? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what race of person would be deploying a nuke post 9-11? It's, it, it's, it's the Moose Lambs. Yeah. Uh, however, they are. Well, their leader is a suicide bomber with a kind of paradoxical level of experience. <laughs> it's a suicide bomber that lived, bitch. Yeah. He, like he, the most terrifying weapon Americans could think of. Yeah, he, he got better. Um, but he's leading a group called Second Wave. I love this name because it just makes me think of like, you know what it makes me think of, you know what it makes me think of. We think of women with straight fringes, like uh, yammering on about how I'm not allowed to go piss. Um, and they finally lost it. They finally done it. They're going to blow up the liberal Namby Pamby state and get rid of them forever. Yeah, um, the Guardian has finally gone loud. This is what they UK Guardian is now taking it to the US version of the Guardian. 
But you also get this gr- the great thing where somebody says, well, of course, officially. And then David Palmer goes, and unofficially. And I go fucking wild for that shit. My, one of my dream jobs, I have said this multiple times in the past. I just want to be the guy that sits in meetings, you know, like in the shadows towards the end of the table so that when somebody says, the official story is this. And so then I can say, and unofficially, so we can get the meeting, we can keep the meeting going. Mm. Otherwise, everyone will just go, well, that's the official story. Wonderful. Mm. See ya. Uh, And so the, uh, the unofficial story is that there are second wave feminism camps in unspecified Istan. Yeah, and I, I'm no, I'm sorry. I have to go. I have to go off hard at Palmer here because the next thing he does, we might be skipping ahead a bit, but Palmer rings up the prime minister of unspecified Istan, and like in, the prime minister's in, in, like in in the prime ministerial palace in somewhere as bad. Yeah, and like he is like. Uh, I don't like we you know understand we don't support these terrorists, right? In fact, we're arresting a lot of them. And Palmer goes, Yeah, I know. And then and I was like, okay, maybe this is gonna be a bit more a bit more of a return to liberal Palmer. And then it went full liberal Palmer because he turned into a complete girl boss and basically said You you have camp camps training second wave feminists in your in your country, so I'm going to, if a bomb goes off in in my country, I am going to kill your civilians. Well, he says, um, we're going to take rep- we're going to take actions against your government. If you value the lives of your of, of your civilians, which you know you're saying the quiet part loud there, Dave. Like yeah, uh, they're literally saying if a bomb goes off because of a terrorist. Uh, cell that operates in your country that you are actively fighting against, and uh, well, uh, then we are going to kill your civilians, further radicalizing more people oh, yeah, to, yeah. towards second wave. Oh, yeah, the the, the, prime the minister- group that is not actually feminists, but it's just funny to pretend they are. And um, yeah, and the prime minister he just says, "Well, you'll be making an enemy out of you know every Muslim in the world." And it's like, yeah, he says you'll be making an enemy of one third of the world's population. And Palmer just goes, "Man." Is I, I'm sorry, but I think I think reacting to a terrorist attack by invading an unrelated country is going to do absolutely nothing to cause you know a global wave of radicalization. It's going to like it's yeah. Going, it's, no, it, I can't see that going wrong. Twenty years down the line, it's it's going to destabilize nothing in this the year of our Lord two thousand and three. Um, it's it's so of its time. But, like that is so of its time. Even after it's, even when he hangs up the phone. Someone, someone is like, huh, David, that was kind of a dick thing to be like. And he just sort of goes, hey, I know, right? He's like, my primary concern is protecting American lives. Oh, oh my God. America is just the worst. Like, I, will, I, I will destroy you, David Palmer. But You're we, radicalizing me. We, yeah, we go in hard. The fact that we have, yeah, from, rather than it being... One senator might get shot. Has gone up to, you know, goodbye Los Angeles. Yeah, might be vaporized. Might take out the whole country in radiation. They said it, they don't know. They show a map of like the projected fallout, and it's the whole country. Well, it's it's all of California, and then like it it getting sort of you get a light dusting everywhere, um, everywhere west of the Rockies. Mm. Um, but then you get then you get the stakes even higher. Um, when we find out that Jack's daughter, Kim, is working as a nanny. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and the dad is like, you've, you've, got a, you've got a beautiful body. I hope you don't hold that against me. That's, that's the first scene. She's working as a nanny and the dad's a bit flirty. Yeah, it's for a daughter who's halfway between a sprog and a moppet. Mm. And... This begins. Oh, uh, and she doesn't want to talk to Jack anymore because, like, Terry died. And I guess, yeah, and and she thinks that she's a little bit all fucked up after that. You know, that day where she got kidnapped yeah. ten times. Kim Bowers' terrible, awful day, part one, was a bit 
it was a bit distressing. So she doesn't want to talk to her dad for a while. This one is, however, well, I, I, I would, I choose to, to say that this day is a worse day because um, at the first, for the first couple of episodes of a new season of 24, there's a dance that you have to play where it's, how is this relevant? Mm. So it can be, you, it introduces some side characters. Yeah, they just show you some people. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I wonder how they're going to end up factoring into the story. And with Kim, normally the, the people that um, she's with, how will that factor into the main story? Most of the time, it just won't. Until it suddenly does, I'm assuming, again. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. Bad dad. We have bad dad, Mark Two. Yeah, he's... We're, we're, I'm, I'm instituting a bad dad award for every season. Yeah, we've got the early contender for the bad dad of the day. Mm. Uh, the far... I think this guy's possibly... He's certainly in with the nomination. Because he... He's a strong contender. He, in the first hour of this um, of this show, and it seems like maybe only like the, a, a few days after Kim's been working there. Uh, no, no, it, it's explicitly a few days. Yeah. Because she says at one point that she's only been there a few days. Uh, he then... No, he, he, he turns out to be monstrously abusive, and uh, he ends up pushing his daughter, so she hits her head on a mattress. <laughs> She she falls down and starts crying, but like it, it it's like it, it's it's obviously obviously child abuse is not funny, but, but she but. she hits her head on a mattress and it's like treated like it's very serious. And obviously pushing your child over is always very serious. I want to say that, um, but because it's in twenty four, I assume audiences at the time would not have been. Um, too kind to the idea of a seeing a father push his, I'm going to say, 10-year-old child over and have her hit her head on the coffee table or something hard. So they had to do a mattress. But it just comes across kind of weird because I was like, what? She's she's fine. I think they try like, to... is she crying because her dad shoved her? Because I absolutely understand that. But then, no, she's clutching at her head and saying it really, really hurts. And I was like, it, it, yeah, like they're, it's they're, a mattress. They're trying to make it seem like she got concussed from like hitting her head on the side of the bed. What's she filling her fucking bed with? Uh, rocks, predominantly. Oh, okay. Well, now it makes sense. Um, yeah, it was a it was a big trend of just fill your mattress with rocks. Oh, I missed that trend in two thousand and three. Is that? Uh, although she also has like alt rock posters up in her room. Oh, she Kim's has, influence. Yeah, yeah. She has these. She's got dolls, and she's pretending to make them like um, you know, cut each other's hair. But the set designers were clearly told, okay, this is like a kid's room. And they, they I think they assumed she would be 15. Yeah, because she has like a Nine Inch Nails poster. Yeah, but, but like a Nine Inch Nails live album poster. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Like, maybe he, maybe Bad Dad, not so bad. Yeah. I mean, Let's go to all the cool gigs. Yeah. I, I, I would have, like, it, if I could go to, if I could have gone to that gig for the low, low price of just, you know, having my head pushed against a mattress, then I mean, I've done worse for the same price. <laughs> I want to say, no, this guy is a dick. Oh, no, he's, he's, he's <laughs> terrible. Riffing, but he's awful. He is like, uh, they frame him like a horror movie monster. Yeah. Um, my favorite bit with this guy, though, is that he, he still kind of just looks like a dude. Um, he's not particularly. Like, he's threatening because he's an abusive dad, but, like, if I saw him in the street, I would I would laugh at him if he tried to threaten me. Um, so there's this wonderful bit where um, Kim and the child, who I've forgotten her name... I've My notes just ever only ever refer to her as Moppet. Oh, no, she's called Megan. Oh, but you, we you, keep you, calling her Erin. Yeah, you can, because rem- you can remember because um, Kim, she, she shouts Megan... Um, between I think six and seven hundred times. Yeah, but because we were watching Germa, like a Germa highlights thing recently, and he goes Aaron a lot. I just interpreted it as Aaron because it was funnier. We've, we've been squawking at the TV. Yeah, we've bit. just been going Aaron. Aaron. Uh, you see, she she blows the moppet into a car and starts driving away. At which point, Bad Dad just goes, Kim. Stop the car, 
I will kill you. <laughs> he says it that calmly, but it just comes across. He's like, I will kill you. And it, it comes across. I like started cackling. It's not, it's not funny, but the way that it's delivered is very funny. Um, so then he, you know, he drives away and he's able to get his, he's able to call his car company and it can say, oh yeah, can you just track down my, where my car is? Uh, he calls dude where's my car company yeah yeah and he so he ends up being able to like corner them and track them down uh at which point we realize kim you know like father like daughter kim has at least one attack yes and that attack is hide is going run into an alleyway and hide behind a dumpster she does this in season one also that's how she that's, meets the rent boy cum goblin yeah that's that the yeah, um, there are no cum goblins out at this hour though it's no know, just nonsense yeah there are many nonces in this alleyway. Oh yes, because um, she then you know runs away and yeah you know, has a has a bit of a scrap with with bad dad, and when she goes back, the the moppet has vanished, and she then ends up finding her finding her being led into a building by two guys, uh, who we're we're assuming nonces. Well, they have nonce energy, and when they see her, they scramble. Right, yeah, they have weird energy, and also we do have another confirmed nonce later. So I, I think, I think the the showrunners just went, you know, what's terrifying to Americans, Muslims and nonces, uh, Hispanic nonces. Oh, uh, so I told you they've just ramped up the racism just across the board this time, lads. Um, and yeah, so then, then Kim just decides to go and go. Uh, she decides to go to CTU. Mm. Yeah, well, which is a sensible move, right? Yeah, yeah. She's been avoiding Jack, and then she's like, you know what? Where's the safest place I yeah, can yeah, take she, this? Yeah, she's like, I'll, I'll call, I'll call Dad, and then he, he's talking all weirdly and evasively, and so she's like, fine, I'll just go to CTU. Yeah, which is a sensible move because she's been avoiding Jack's calls while he's been going, hey, hey, there's a nuclear bomb in the fucking city. Yeah, well, that's maybe that- leave. Well, we've had. We've gone through Kim for the first few hours. Let's mm. let's focus on Jack. Yeah, because um, when we see Jack, he um, uh, Jack is at this point inactive. He, Jack at this point is living in a cardboard box inside of a house, uh, and he has a very you know, you know he has the beard of an accomplished day drinker. Mm. Mm. Like it's it's five o'clock somewhere, and he always has the shadow he, to prove it. He's managed to gone. He's gone into a stage of depression that few have ever achieved, where he has moved into a new apartment, much smaller than his old home, which was quite nice. Yeah. And then he's, he's, he's not just not unpacked, he's unpacked messily. And then he's gotten into the box, and he's living in the box. That's how bad Jack Bauer is. He's a husk of a man. So, um, CTU, they... You know, if they could, they would get anyone else, but they have to bring in Jack Bauer. Um, they have a couple of um Let's give a little robot roll call. Mm. FCTU. Um, Tony, Sam's Soul Patch. Yep. Um, we've got Mason. We've got uh, Tranquilizer oh, Boss. We've got Swede Mason who, back. Who has become gruff. He has. The review that I read in episode zero of this season described George Mason as gruff, and I now understand why. Yeah, in, in season two. He becomes gruff. Hmm. Uh, but we also have two new people. Oh, yes. Because uh, well, the entire female contingent of CTU got either killed or arrested last season. Hmm. So now we have, um, well, we have Michelle. I think they've just moved on to other acting gigs. But we have, we have Michelle, who's hot and mean. Hmm. Uh, and then we have Paula, who's a very enthusiastic analyst, who... Reminds one of nothing so much as a puppy. I love her purely because she's a puppy girl. Yeah, um, no, Paula is undoubtedly, indubitably, full regular puppy. Yeah, but uh, they they have to call in. You know, they have they have to call in Jack. So they get the president to be like, "Hey, Jack, it's me, your friend, the president." And, and Jack is like, "Okay." Can I at this point state a theory that I think? that CTU is still a practical joke. However, it is now a practical joke that the president is in on, which is why he doesn't invite CTU to all the briefings, 
but he just thinks it's very funny. But he also is aware that Jack Bauer gets stuff done. CTU doesn't get jack shit done because they're making it up for fun. Yeah, it's a prank that they are all pulling on Jack Bauer. But Jack Bauer, who thinks he is a cop, does occasionally accidentally do coppery. I th- so I think it's less of a prank at this point, maybe, and more of like a... Um, they're seeing how long they can keep the bit going. I think it's almost like a psyop, a psyop <laughs> on Jack Bauer to sort of like keep him in maverick mode for as long as possible by making him part of an organization that can't actually stop him. They, they hire someone to play loud music outside of his house all of the time. <laughs> They, they hit him with the Havana syndrome beam enough that he's like, I, I have to get in the box. Uh, Do you know about this? Oh, yes, yeah. The, um, They're like the beam that's making them all feel a bit tipsy yeah. when they're on holiday. Um, they have, they, they've got people embedded at all of the, the local shitty takeaways. And every time Jack Bauer orders chicken wings, they make sure to they give him- They hit him with the microwaves. No, no, they make sure to give him one fewer than he expected. Oh. Just permanently keep him feeling- like the lowest man in the no, world. No, see, this is genuinely my theory at this point that um, President Palmer is aware that Jack Bauer gets shit done, um, but the rest of CTU is basically irrelevant. So um, that he has hired more actors to keep this bit going that Terry started because the bit that Terry started has accidentally produced an awful lot of results for him in the past. Well, um, yes, he, he ends up calling in Jack because it turns out the reason why they need him is because the man who is uh, they think the man who they think has provided the, the terrorists with their bomb is somebody who years before Jack had done some undercover work and has has a connection with. So they they get him back in, and he says, "Well, you know what? Um, you know, I can reestablish my cover. Normally, it would take weeks. I can do it in a day." And they say, "What do you need?" And he says, "Okay, so." There's, bring me, bring me King Nonce. Yes, fetch me a nonce. And so they bring him uh, a murdering child pornographer who uh, who has apparently agreed to testify against this arms dealer man. Um, How does this arms dealer know a nonce? Uh, because the the nonce is also he also did arms trafficking. Right. Okay. He, he did he did arms trafficking, first degree murder. And possession of child pornography. Ah, I see. But we really, you know, we... Okay, so I feel like... Yeah, okay. So so he's... You know what this is? What is this? This is making him an entirely unsympathizable character. Because the one thing that Americans hate, as we've already established, is a nonce. Yes. Um, and he's, he, he, I've already made a deal for full immunity. I'm going to walk. Yeah. They, like, because he's, I think he's white. Yeah. They have to make him bad by making him a nonce. Well, he, um, he's almost licking his lips because he's thinking of playgrounds, you know, mm. that, that kind of thing. And he's going to testify against um, the, uh, the arms dealer and he's going to put him away for life. And so um, Jack Bauer decides to, Get out his gun and Jack shoot Bauer him in the chest. Walks back in with a binder with a real gun. Yes, it. he he then shoots him dead in like the meeting room. Mm. That blood is not going to come out. And while George Mason, George is like, "Damn it, Jack! You better have a good excuse for it this time." Yeah, he's like, "Were you um, trying? He's like, were you trying to do like like this? Yeah, first episode of a new season. Were you going to like try and tranquilize him? Like you tranquilized me? Is this like a?" Did you get a mix up with the gun? And he's like, "Oh no! You see, I've, I, I have become, I, I am now, you know, full rogue Jack." Yeah, and we've entered dark side Jack. Uh, to which he then looks down, pretty much, kind of, you know, pulls the guy's clothes away to expose his neck, and then says, "I'm gonna need a hacksaw." Yeah. So this is why he had to be a nonce because it's someone that Jack Bauer just executes and then cuts the head off. Uh, apparently, the producers. They did not actually believe they would be allowed to have the line, I'm going to need a hacksaw in the final broadcast. Wait, so were we just supposed to believe that Jack pulled the head off? No, no, but uh, they, the specific... It was supposed to be implied. Yes, they, they, right. yeah, they, they were worried they would end up having to make it implied. Wait, but he cuts the fingers off a dude in the... 
in the first episode. Yeah, but I think when you're telling... In, so- like, the pilot episode, he cuts the fingers off some guys. Yeah, but when you're telling... And so- they're not even nonsense. Yeah, but when you're telling someone, bring me a hacksaw, I'm going to decapitate this witness I've just murdered. Like, you, you think... Well, as it as it turned out, that was still fine to be broadcast. Yeah, and that but damn right too. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Mason is just still like, oh, oh come on. No, oh, now Jack. No, no, he stopped being the supply teacher who's like, come on, Jack, you better have an excuse. And he's now like, I don't care, Jack. Yeah, because he, when they traded Jack for George of the Jungle, he was convinced to do that by being told he'd get a job in the um, in Palmer's administration. Which then just didn't happen because, again, he has no need for a CTU guy at the yeah, uh-oh bunker. They don't exist. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he's now he is. Oh, importantly, oh, yes. as well, yes, there's something is. we're missing here. Very, very important. The NSA now exists. Yes, and the NSA are kind of, you know, um, like Animal House. You have like the slobs v snobs, that mm. kind of comedy, like you know, Caddyshack. They are like. The snobs, yeah, and CTU are very much the they're animal yeah, house, yeah, like that. That's absolutely what it is. So, like, they keep mentioning the the NSA with the kind of like these fucking guys don't know what's you know they wouldn't know good intelligence if the intelligence walked up and played a crossword with them because because their um, CTU rather than have, being told too much about this um, nuke. They're going over like airport security at LAX. Yeah, I, I also I find it very funny. That they're doing CTU, the made-up unit, are doing security on an airport whose name is Lax. They're doing Lax security. It is. It is. It is perfect. Um. So anyway, so Jack goes to uh, this garage where he knows people that work for the arms dealer. Ah, oh. and uh, they all think that Jack is responsible for you know, like turning him in years ago. And Jack goes, no, no. And to prove it... I bring you the head of a nonce. Yes, I... Yes, I, I, I Find me a nonce with no eyes. I can't drink out of the skull of this one. <laughs> yes. Uh, they bring him the... Uh, uh, it, yes, they, he brings him... It's in, a, it's in like a bowling bag. Yeah. Like what would be filled with bowling balls is instead just filled with, you know, a, the, the cabetha of a portly nonce. Mm. And uh, one guy... I'm gonna. I like this guy. I like this one crime guy. No, because these these chaps. He's fun. No, these these chaps I refer to as the crime friends. Yeah. Because um, and this this one, they all seem to be having a wonderful time. They, yeah. They're kind of like arms dealers, right wing militia, that kind of thing. Uh, and this one member of them. Are they a right wing militia? Well, they I keep, completely missed that well, side they, of they, it. They, they call themselves patriots. And they, oh yeah. right. Um, okay. Oh, I, yeah. I I revise my comment on on the crime friends. Yeah, um, and I yeah. know where they were on the sixth of January. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so one of the crime friends, uh, he he goes, "Hey, does anyone else think it's weird that this guy just turns up on this big important day?" And everyone's like, "Well, it would be weird." But he look. He brought this protected witness's head. He brought head. us a lovely present. Yeah, and like, he's like, yeah. And how did he get this protected witness's head? Isn't this even more suspicious? Yeah, like, isn't he supposed to be in a safe house? Yeah, like, like being protected from the likes of us. Yeah, like this crime friend making a ton of really great points. Uh, so, but they he then says that he's going to bird dog his records. Yeah, well, and I had to look up what this meant. I thought that he was. I thought that this man was making up slang on the spot just to see if, because yeah. if Jack then went, oh yeah, I know what bird dog means, he'd be like, and that's how I know you're lying because yeah. no one does. I had to look it up, and it means like, basic. It means like not respecting bros before hoes, like you you date someone else's date to a an event. I know, but it, it also it, apparently it means like means, any like kind of head hunting or like talents. Yeah, is he finding something? So like, if you'd shoot a bird, then the the bird dog would go out and get it from the long grass. Yeah. Um, so CTU, they just as he's searching, they bring up all of his fake prison records, and he's like, "Oh, I guess you're fine." But then he still suspects him. So Jack breaks his ankle, mm. and when someone else is like, "Oh, why, why did he break his ankle?" He said, "Well, I guess he shouldn't have been playing with bros." Fun. Like the guy was suspecting me, so I broke his ankle because it was funny. Yeah, and the, yeah, and the crime friends are like, "That was pretty." funny. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I just want to say that Bird Dog, that's my fessona. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I say, isn't isn't a bird dog like um, isn't that one challenge rating down in D and D from an owl bear? Mm. If he if he owl bared his records, then Jack Bauer would be fucked. Mm, no, that's but, not what you want. But yeah, the crime friends then realize that they're they're a guy down. Um, so and they they've got a, they've got a lot of crime that they want to that they want to do today. So they just hire Jack onto the yeah. They're like, yeah, we're a guy down because you've just broken this guy's ankle. And can you come and do some crime with us? And Jack's like, oh fuck yeah, because he's dark. Yeah, Jack Bauer. Like b- before two thousand and eight, it was so much easier to find a job. Oh god, yeah. No, you should be hired on the spot by a right wing militia. But these guys are terrible at like doing opsec. Like there is this one guy who's good at it, and I love that there is. They have. They have the ops. Clearly, he is the opsec guy. Yeah, but he's not the guy in charge of like ankle security, and that's what. Really yeah, does he's it. not the guy in charge of making the decisions. Like the opsec guy, I feel should be the guy in charge of making the decisions about hiring. Um, well, he's just the HR guy. Um, there is a. You do still get a, a a pretty cool line where they're driving in in a van filled with explosives, and he says, "So what are we doing?" And he says, "We're gonna." We're going we're to do a conversion. Yeah, we're going to convert a government building into a cemetery. Uh, so, so again, that's a pretty good line. You know? Yeah, so which government building are we blowing up? Uh, they call it Los Angeles Counterterrorism Unit. Boom, boom. Oh. And Jack does a real, like... Oh, that's... oh no. Wait, I know those guys. Oh, no, but, but you know, on, his, on his face, you're able to see just the, the most insincere. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Um, also... And... We've got, we have the evidence here. So they don't even call it a government agency. They say they call it the LA Counterterrorism Unit. It's a government building. Yeah. They're renting it. It's like, it's like the Associated Press apparently being in the same building as Hamas. They've just got floor space from the government. Yeah. Like, oh, it's just. It's like, it's like CTU is fucking working from WeWork back before it went under. Oh, they've got like the like tracking thing to tell where everyone is. No, they can't because otherwise they would have got Nina and Jamie much earlier. Yes. Um, meanwhile, with um, with with Palmer, there's a there's a, a journalist who's like, he said, hey, so I've heard that there's this uh, big threat, and Palmer has then like, like, you know what? If you don't report that there's a big threat, how about I give you a one-on-one interview? And the journalist is like, that does imply that there is a big threat. He's like, no, there isn't. And he's like, then why have you given me a one-on-one interview? And Palmer is like, I've been outfoxed. Mm. He's like, and the journalist is suspicious, by the way, because Palmer is originally shown fishing with his 30-year-old son who looks about 12. and um, his, his son who became lost in the time stream. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then because he comes back from fishing too early, the press are instantly suspicious that something's up. Uh but he, he to try and seem normal, he then gives a press conference about you know his various conservation initiatives or whatever, which was part of the reason he was out. Oh yeah, I can't be fishing too long because I caught too many fish because I'm too good at fishing. You and guys I got my quota. Actually, a great excuse. Um, yeah, and see, so he he talks about you know all of his clean air initiatives or whatever, um, and you what know what I, really fucks up clean air initiatives. Uh, an atomic bomb? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but Jack's able to get away for a couple of minutes and he you know, gets a, and he's able to call in and he's able, he's able to call you know, the, the, the president phone and he's like, they're going to attack CTU. And the, the aide that, that answers is like, oh, I'll, I'll tell him. Uh, he's having an interview, but I'll tell him. And then this sinister military aide who sort of it's kind of NSA or oh, all sorts of military things. This guy is a complete clown. He's like, but if we if we tell them that CTU will be bombed, then they'll stop it, and then the terrorists will know. It'll be far funnier. It, yes, it'll be funnier for them to get blown up. If we let this fake agency that doesn't really do anything get blown up, because I'm actually on his side thinking about it, because like, if we what, let- what else will motivate Jack Bauer? Yeah. Like what he because says, the rest of the agency does nothing. Like what what he says is, if we stop it, then they'll know that Jack Bauer is a mole, and then he won't be able to get to the arms dealer. What he means is, 
we need Jack Bauer to go on another rampage. Like, yeah, like, we need to send Jack Bauer into van driving through wall mode. Yeah, like, like we've seen what he can do. Yeah, like, re- like, remember that last time he worked for us? All we needed was one person to lie to him and say that his daughter was dead. And yeah, and- you just got to tell him that people he likes are dead. And in 15 minutes, he solved the problem. Yeah, he's amazing if he needs to do a, do a rampage. You just got to get him in rampage mode. But well, because CTU is going to be blown up. Uh, he remembers to cock his gun when he's in rampage mode. It's pretty. They've given him a revolver now, by the way, so that like him carrying it with a hammer down makes far more sense to my brain. I, I understand that this is a thing that people do, but like it makes far more sense to me, and it also comes across far less clownishly to me when he pulls the hammer back to threaten someone. Yeah, it doesn't always seem like he's forgotten to do it before he yeah. has. And these are the, the nebulously evil NSA chap. He he goes, well, so CTU's going to get blown up. Let's just get them to send all of their data on the nuke to us. So then, once they're all blown up, no loss, except for all the people, which, again... Yeah, the people and the infrastructure is what he says. Yeah. Um, also, meanwhile... Um, but also, something about the infrastructure that I find very funny. We do get an outside shot of CTU headquarters at one oh, point. Oh, yes. Which is... We see there's it, a big restaurant sign. Yeah, we see it from like a couple of blocks away. And the building is pretty much entirely obscured by what looks like an American equivalent of a sign for a little chef. <laughs> I said, is CTU headquarters a little chef? Like they... Everyone's always just the cameras are always a position just so that you can't see. You know the truckers in the background eating like the worst looking pasty you've ever eaten. I quite like their pancakes. Is a little chef still a thing? I think I don't. I don't. Hang on, I'm going on this tangent. Yeah, I, I don't know if they are, but I, I've got I've got lots of good memories of the little chef. But I've been told that it's bad. Um, so mm, my personal my personality chef. has been subsumed into um, pretending to dislike things for the approval of others. Is little chef still trading? No. Little chef closed on January thirty first, twenty eighteen. But, but that means they converted it into Greg's. They turned the little chef into Greg's. <sighs> this is a dark fucking day. What a no good rotten day. I still remember when they made the Little Chef logo not quite as fat. He used to be a little fat guy. He used to be a little fat guy. Then they made him a slightly thinner fat guy. Anyhow, so the the television program 24. Oh, yeah, no, Uh, sorry. I'm quite depressed about that. Okay, right. um, Swede Mason. Swede Mason, yes. yes. He got an email earlier saying, Oh. By the way, this nuke... There is a ninety-three percent chance that that the nuke, like you, you will, that the nuke will fail to be stopped. Yeah. So it says detonation chance, like eighty-seven to ninety-three percent. Eighty-nine to ninety-three. Okay. And I was like, does that mean? And he goes like fucking hog wild over this, but very quietly, so nobody can tell. He's pulling like evil face through the glass again. Yeah, he, he puts everything of his into a briefcase and he just tells everyone, yeah, I've got, I'm yeah. going to go to... Uh, I'm taking a day off, bye. Yeah, um, and everyone is like, are you just trying to leave LA? And he's like, shut the fuck up. No, and I, have, not deny it. I have intelligence that you don't know about, but yes, I am trying to leave LA because I'm a big coward. But like the thing about that email is I read that as the nuke is a viable bomb. There is a chance... There is a strong chance, like a 93% chance that the trigger system on this nuclear bomb works. But it was only after that you explained that it is, no, we've run the numbers and we have analyzed that there is a 93% chance that this bomb will not be stopped. Like there's maybe a 95% chance that... They, that it won't be stopped, and a two percent chance that it also just won't detonate. Yeah. So, so that that to me, I read that completely wrong, and I was like, "Why is he so like? Yeah, that's bad news." But it's not like there's still every chance in the world to stop it. Whereas you you had to tell me like, "No." no. Yeah. This is why George Mason gets in his car and just drives away. Okay. Uh, but well, after a while of driving away, uh, he gets a call from Tony. He says. Look, the LAPD want us to check out this one thing, and because you've been a massive 
massive coward. Yeah, it, Tony absolutely knows he's being a coward yeah. as well. Yeah, and, and um, Mason is not even really denying it. Yeah, he's, he's just like, like, no, I am being a big shithead coward. Yeah, he's like, look, you, you're driving out of the city, right? And he's like... Yes. <laughs> For no reason. Yeah. And he's like, so that means you're near Bakersfield. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, good, that means you're the closest person on the scene. Go there. Like, join the LAPD when they're searching this thing. And they find something that we've seen a shot of earlier, it's right? A, yeah, it's a warehouse where they are um, just sort of faffing around with uh, with nuclear material. Nuclear-looking things. And while George Mason is sort of, like, pressing his face up against the glass and, like, kind of blowing it and, like, kind of you know, puffing his cheeks out yeah. on it, uh, a terrorist bursts out, shoots at the cops, shatters the glass... And um, George safely, he really, he heroically decides to, he sees all the plutonium in the air and he... Um, he goes, what's this? He stores it inside of his lungs. Mm. He's like, the air is glowing. Mm. What's this? Um, the Cherenkov effect. Yes, Better sir. fucking eat it. Yeah. Oh no, I taste metal. Yeah, my notes do say he then tastes metal. Uh, he turns out to have plut- he turns out to have inhaled plutonium and has... Enough? Plutonium to kill him in how long, Sam? Um, it could be it could be as long as a week. It could be as little as a day. <sighs> Twenty four and he had, hours and he maybe and in about twelve hours. That's uh, like he could have up to twelve hours of being asymptomatic. Mm-hmm, uh, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. go on. Oh, and, and then um, the the man politely tells him that yeah his his guts will turn to mince. No, or... he says he'll go into a coma. Oh no no, he says your guts will turn to mince, and then he says how will I die? And he then says oh well you'll you'll go into a coma. Yeah, you'll just fall asleep nice and peacefully. Yeah. That's not how radiation poisoning works. <laughs> but okay. Yeah, but effectively, is it like him saying how will I how will I die? And he'll be like well your you brain know... your like brain function will cease. You understand one of the... that's how you die from everything every, yeah. every form of death mm. is because well, of brain. Technically, your soul will leave your body, and you. <laughs> but like uh, the thing about radiation if, if poisoning. If there's one thing I learned from Metro 2033, it's that if you die from nuclear stuff, your soul gets trapped in the Moscow. Oh, yeah, um, in the Moscow subway. So, the thing, one thing I want to say about this, just just to up up the horror of this podcast, um, is I vaguely remember reading a thing about radiation poisoning being incredibly difficult to die from because. One of the things that radiation poisoning does is it fucks up all your veins. So like your circulation system starts leaking everywhere. So generally the way you put um, medication into people for painkillers or for making them go into a coma is via the circulation system. And if you no longer have one, but you're still alive, then you are just going to be in a lot of pain and very ouchy whilst you melt. So that's what awaits... Our, our dear friend, now gruff, newly gruff, George Mason. You know that guy in RoboCop who falls into the toxic waste and then like staggers over the road. Yeah, and, then and gets he's hit doing by the that, van? but in like time lapse yeah. form. Um, yeah. Jack has now turned up at CTU, disguised as a repairman, along with along with the other crime friends, and uh, they've they, they've kidnapped one of the driver, like a, a regular utility driver. Um, who's sort of got them in through the gate and they go in they plant the bombs they get out and Jack pretends to he, he lets the he's the one guarding the van and so he lets the driver go and he does a, a big job of like pretending to have been hit on the head but he smacks his head off a mattress yeah he goes like ah, oh ow ah, ooh, ow and they then all, you know, they, they drive away and they're like, and what, a couple of them are like, this is really suspicious. And then, but the, the main, the main one of the crime friends is like, nah, he's, he's, he's really, um, I don't want to call him the weak link. Mm, no, he is though. Well, yeah, I don't want, yeah, but I don't want to call him that. The HR guy should be the leader. Yeah. Uh, they then, you know, they head out of LA and, uh, Jack then tries to arrest the main guy. Uh, who has who he has just found out has got the uh, the arms dealer's address on a matchbook, and uh, this is Jack Bauer making the best arrest he possibly can in his current state, which means he uh, du- he dual wields pistols and 
shoots everyone. Yeah, he goes into rampage mode. Yeah, he he when he goes into rampage mode, he dual wields because the bombs in CTU go off. Yeah, so, so he goes into rampage. He goes into rampage. So the guy was right. The way that you engage Jack Bauer in rampage mode is you let people he cares about die. Um, yeah, so, but also oh, and this guy is a complete weirdo, bizarro man because you could do any number of very unsuspicious things to avert this bomb threat. Because the other thing is that he's been having them transfer their data to the NSA, like as we said earlier. So they're already very suspicious that something might be up. Um, they're like, why would they make us do that? Um, and then and, and, the, yeah, and the, Tony works out that there is a bomb threat before he's even told. Yeah, the driver then, because uh, the, drive, the driver then just comes up to them and says, there's a bomb threat. And then... And he goes, ah, oh, that's why. Right, get everyone out of the yeah. building, but it's and too late. And then finally, the, you know, the president has finished his uh, his press conference. And so he's like, hey, aide, what's going on? And she's like, oh, there's a bomb threat. And he's like, oh, thank God you called CTU. And then, you know... The weirdo guy's like, we were just debating doing that, sir. Yeah, and then Padme in the bottom right just going, you called CTU, right? Yeah. And so they they start evacuating everyone, just as Kim and the and the Sprog get there. Mm. Oh no! Kim's good day. Kim's Kim Ballas, no good rotten day. Uh, and then everything explodes. Yeah. And we say goodbye to Paula. Yeah. Paula gets smushed. She she um we haven't quite said goodbye to her. She's just very badly burned. Yeah, and. Uh, it turns out the NSA didn't actually get the code to unlock all the data, and she's the only one that knows it because she was the one that was sending it. So they're going to have to wake her up with epinephrine so she can give them the code, which will then, you know, she will then... The code's going to be life sucks. Yeah, Please tell me the, the code's, code's going to be, be life sucks. sucks. That would be so oh, good. Yes. Uh, yeah, and so they, everyone sort of everyone files out. She actually has a reason for saying life sucks. Yeah, well, she's dying. Yeah. Um, and she already said she was in over her head and she didn't want to be here. Yeah, well, she was, she's she, just a programmer. She had a price. She had a crisis of confidence. She was. She was a good puppy girl while she lived. Yeah, Tony's like, "Come on, girl, come on, you can unlock. Yeah. You can do your job." Mm. And, and she's like, <laughs> uh, "And uh, Mason has come back to LA now. He's he figures he does. He has nothing to fear from a bomb that's only at worst yeah. is going to just." get rid of the most painful days of his life. Yeah, he actually... Wait, no, he actually has, like, vaguely got, like, a motivation for the bomb to go off. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he's got, he's hoping that if the bomb goes off, it'll turn him into a ghoul. Mm. <laughs> like, imagine George Mason just oh, walking around. Just, yeah, ghoul was, Mason! Calling everyone else smooth skin. <laughs> he already looks a bit like a ghoul. He, oh yeah, the, um, while he's being diagnosed, and he says, "What can I expect?" And the guy says, "Well, you're, you're going to start losing your hair." George Mason has a very receding hairline. And he, he just but, laughs. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. He's like, "I've I've made my peace with this." <laughs> so we 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 love a balding man who owns it. Yeah. Yeah. We know it's. Uh, I I can only I can only hope to go bald with with such grace. Yeah. God. And and with such levels of plutonium in my mm. system. So anyhow, now Jack has the. He has the address, so he goes to Joe Wald, the arms dealer's house. Uh, and he's like, hey, Joe, it's me, your friend from ages ago, remember? And then Joe, Joe's like, no. <laughs> yeah. And then Joe lets him in, and he's like, oh, wow, where are the other guys? And then he turns around, and Jack's already holding a gun at him, and he's like, I killed them for resisting arrest. And he's like, hmm. Ah, now I'm seeing why I haven't seen you in so several years. Yeah. He says, curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. Uh and then, then Jack says, who ordered you to blow up CTU? At which point, a dog jumps at yeah, him. Yeah, George says, bye. Yeah. Um, so Not he, George, Joe, yes. sorry. Uh, so a dog jumps up at him, at which, given the context, it's, it's, he says, who ordered you to blow up CTU? Then the dog jumps in, as if to be like, I've been rumbled. Like, this is the dog that gave Son of Sam his orders, and he's mm. also been giving, he's been giving these guys... <laughs> The, like, the, Jack Bauer does the ultimate cop move of shotgunning a dog. Yeah. So between this dog and Paula, rough week for dog people. Mm, oh, rough week indeed. A, a very, very oh. rough week. Yeah. Um, 
Joe Ward then goes to his panic room. Yeah, he just fucks off. Um, and then Jack just stops. He's got, he's got a panic room in his shed. Yes. Ultimate dad project. Potentially one for the new award, the, the bad dad award. Uh, no, it's, it's a he, He's a bad dog dad. But he does, he, well, I don't know, he, he seems to have at least given that dog a, a ready supply of bowers to eat. Hmm, true. Uh, so Jack starts just like trying to break in with a, with a sledgehammer and a shotgun, and he just keeps yelling, like, come on, come on, come on, please. So like, there's a nuclear bomb. Come on, man. Like, like you're, you're a patriot. You want to, like, you, you would. You wanted to help Americans. Who's going to be at ground zero? And Joe is like, he's got a point. Oh, he's Let, fucking got me. Let's him in and says, now, the person that told me to, to explode CTU, I only met them twice. But I, like, the second time, I got some photos. But I'm not going back to prison. And so he, he pieces out. Yeah, he just he jumps off the planet. Yeah, yeah he, um, he returns, he, he returns he, to his home planet. He puts the gun in his mouth and he has remembered to cock it. Yes. Um, he, his next, his next dad project is giving the ceiling of the panic room a new paint job. Yeah. <laughs> and so Jack is like, huh, what? So, you know, that, that, that's something. Oh yeah, sweet. Well, I've got pictures of this person. Let's... Oh no. It's, it's, it's the fucking, person? it's fucking Nina. Oh, at this point I was like, oh, 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 she's back! Oh, I can be horny again. Let's go! Yeah. And also, like, I think I, I think I screamed at the TV. Horny times back on the menu. Boys. Yeah, yes, that. Um, would you like to know a fun fact? Mm. So, uh, Sarah Clark, who plays Nina, and Xander Berkeley, who plays uh, uh, George Mason, mm. they got married at the start of filming of season two. No. Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. He's punching above his weight. Oh, but no, but he's he, he's genial. He's he's very he's he's funny about the fact that he's going bald. He's still punching very much above his weight. Nina, call me, <laughs> Sarah Clark, if you're listening. Well, apparently, he, apparently, this guy has like you know at most a week until she's single. Hmm. Please, <laughs> please call me. Uh, oh, and then Palmer, he kicks out the he he just fires the sinister NSA guy. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the, the like dumbass that was like, "Hey, you know what? We just don't tell CTU. Yeah. You know what would? You know what would have solved this? Just tell CTU one guy in CTU to keep his eyes open for anything weird. Yeah, right. Yeah. That would have solved it because all you'd need is, oh, our comically loud blinky bombs were found. Yeah, because they're like three very loud blinky bombs. Or you know. It- yeah. Like, oh. Hey CTU, hey, you know what day it is? It's your annual fire alarms check. Uh, no, you need the, to do the, a fire drill yeah, right it, now, it's please. The of, it's the day of the barbecue outside in the park. Mm. Uh, anyhow, you're, is, he's the kind of guy that you would expect to spend a whole season just seeing, kind of lurk around the shadows. No, now he's been No, fired. he's just fired. Yeah, like, get, get out of here. Uh, and that does bring us to... Our last plotline that we haven't oh, even threaded. I hate this plotline so much, Sam. This plotline is the most racist plotline. It, it well, this one is. It, it's not even like, it's not even hoggy. It's you know like because there's some joy to be derived from seeing um like. There's some joy to be derived from see or something interesting to be derived from seeing uh Palmer's. Um, yeah, like, appeal to like the, the yeah brother kind of like American yeah, yeah, like, where he's or, like I will kill everyone yeah like Palmer overreacting to something yeah like this is, this is why I think that like 24 is like watchable because you, you see that and you're like oh I hate this and you're like, you're, no, you're like there's a lot to unpack here yeah there's a lot to unpack it's not necessarily like, nice do, to unpack yeah, no, it's but like, it's like, like do they want us to actually think that this is good yeah because they kind of go back and forth yeah I can't tell whether this is a good thing or not um, um, I, but I, I mean obviously this... it's not a good thing but well, do they want me to think that Palmer is a villain uh, but what this what this plotline is is a white woman calling the cops on an ethnic yeah no this literally is what it is so this is, uh, there's uh, a it's um, it's awful. So there, there's a there's a, a white woman named Kate, and her She's... sister is getting married today to uh, to an uh, to an 
English-accented Arab who I've apparently you know, educated in um, in the UK. Business guy. Drives up in a flash car. Yeah, and drives up in a flash car, subtitled, speaking in Arabic. Uh, and then he... He arrives at this you know, lovely house and you get a horror movie shot of him lurking yeah. behind this white He's woman. He's lurking behind this white woman. And then you get like the horror movie sting. And, then and then he, like, it's he... like, oh, and then he just cuddles her and it's like, how are you doing, my love? Yes. And, and he's like, what? I'm not allowed to kiss my wife. And she's like, not for another 10 hours. No, I'm no, not... no, no. The, the, the sister, sister who is suspecting him runs out of the house going, not for another 10 hours. She's not your wife. And it's like... What the fuck is going on? Yeah, and, and she says, um, well, I, um, she ends up talking to her dad. And it's like, I, I just don't really trust oh, him. Yeah, no. and, he's, and he's not like, and he says, it's not just because he's from the Middle East. And she says, no. No, no, it's not because it, he's from the Middle East, dad. It's, it's, I just have something I can't put my finger on about why he's untrustworthy. Yeah. I was like, oh, fuck and, off, and then he, writers uh, of 24. And apparently... Um, uh, a long ago ex-boyfriend of the bride to be is uh, one of the guests in attendance, and he's still not. F- and he's still a little bit. Um, he's like, that's a bit weird. He's like, well, you know, I I already forgave you for the fact that um, you know you've been with another man before me. My, my family would never have allowed. And you're like, wow. It, no, it doesn't even really come across like that. It's like my family are expecting. All of my brothers got married to women who had never been with another man. So my family are expecting this. So maybe don't invite your ex-boyfriend. Um, Which, like, is still a bit of a dick move. But it's not like him being weirdly jealous. It's him having expectations from his family is yeah. how I read it. I could have read it wrong. It seems uh, it, it seems a little bit like... <gasps> He has. Oh, he's like. Oh, look at these. Even it's. It reads to me almost like. Um. Because what is more un-American than disapproving of premarital sex? Yeah, it's 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 it reads to me like. Hey, hey, even the nice ones, they don't respect women. You guys. Well, and Kate, the suspicious sister, hired a private investigator to look into him. And lo and behold, it turns out he's got links. You'll never guess what he's linked to. Yeah, he's got links to a guy who's got links to tourists. Oh, tourists? Oh, no, sorry, I, I misread my notes. Terrorists. Oh, of course, yes. Yeah, it turns out um, Fied Ali may be glorious. Glorious he, which I couldn't stop singing. Um. It, 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 it turns out it's very easy to fit a lot of words to that. It's much better than when we saw the news about... Um, uh, about a, a scandal with the Boy Scouts, and we, it turns out, um, another brick in the wall. You take, can't sing that. Oh, I won't, but it take, just know that it takes very little effort to, um, uh, to remake those lyrics. Um, <sighs> we're on our, on our bonus all nonce all the time episode. I'll, I'll... <laughs> we were, we were just, uh, it was, it was just, we were seeing nonces everywhere. There were so many nonces in this episode, and then I opened my Twitter to find a noncing scandal. But um, you know, so Kate then makes like uh, on the PI's instructions, she makes copies of all of like the dates of travel from his passport secretly. Um, and, and this poor guy Razor is like genuinely just being kind of nice. Yeah, like um, she even like he even drives her. Yeah, he's like, come on, I'll I'll drive you somewhere in my yeah, flash car. Yeah, and she's car. like, no, I don't want to go in your flash car. You scare me. He's like, where? Are, why were you telling me? Where are you, are you taking me? Is it somewhere sinister? It's like, it, and it's it's no, it's the house that he's bought for him and his sister, uh, him and like his fiance, her sister. And it's going to be a. He's like, I wanted you to be the first person to see it. She at this point has actually screamed at him to stop the car, so he has stopped. She has now gotten out, and he's like, no, but you look ten meters up the road. There is the house that I've bought for your sister, who I love. Yeah, uh, like what the fuck? And then, and then, like they go, she like they they go back to the house with like because it's like the day before the wedding. I'm assuming so. Like well, no, they're all the gathered. Day, it's in, the day of the. Wedding. Oh yeah, they're all gathered in their in their like family house, like the sister's family house, right? And uh, and the dad says to Kate, like she says, she says to the dad, like he's got links to a terrorist financier, like a terrorism accountant, like the guy that Jack Bauer faked taxied last time. Yeah. Um, by God, I hope he fake taxis people some more. This guy, um, this, this guy's, you know, he's he played poker with Muslim Le Chiffre. Yeah, and and the dad's like, he, he would have you been- have hired like a dodgy work 
workhorse, like you know, like dog's body style. Ass uh, of course, detective. He, of course, he found. He'll stuff, find yeah. things because he's looking for things. It's like, well, that is the nature of a PI. Yeah, and he, okay. says, and he says, I can't believe you would hire someone like that. Yeah, it's not like it's not like when I did it earlier. Yeah, and he's like, I can't believe you'd be you'd be suspicious of Razor. He's family, and and like, and he's like, I already hired a PI to look into him. I've already done this. But, um, so. Yeah. What is wrong with his family? But uh, Razor in his car, um, he does have what we've referred to as David Palmer syndrome. Where in in day one, when he's calling the um, the doctor slur, and he just says, you know, some people might want to hurt you. And the doctor's <laughs> like, are you threatening me? And he's like, no, I'm trying to tell you that some people might want to hurt you. He's like, you are you saying that I'm in danger? He's like, I'm saying you could be in danger. And he's just trying to help, yeah. but he sounds very sinister. He sounds like a mobster doing a threat, but yes. he's genuinely, he means it. Similarly, Razor is just like, oh, I'm, oh, oh I you, need to show you something. He's like, you'll see when we get there. Yeah, you'll see when we get there. Why don't you tell me? Oh, because I, I want you to be surprised. A surprise. I, I want you to be surprised. And it turns out, you know, he just does. It's uh, genuinely a nice surprise but, that um, he has planned for this woman but, who clearly he wants to be family with her. Uh, however, unfortunately, Kate, well, she's not racist. She just don't like him. Simple as. Simple yeah. as. Yeah. Don't like it? There's a door, Razor. Yeah. yeah. Lo- love, love, love my sister. Love dog women. Just, you know, don't, don't, don't like the ethnics. She's just, oh, she's awful. And, uh, well, and the annoying thing well, is... We, ha- we haven't specified, but I think it was implied that she's blonde. Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're listening, like, if you had a mental image of her in your, in your head and she wasn't blonde, let us know, because I think I need to tell you that you're a reprobate. Mm. Also, the very irritating thing about this storyline that I think I'm going to be, the next time we come back, I'm going to be screaming. If I'm screaming immediately, if the first noise you hear when you tune into uh, episode two is me screaming, it means that she has been proved correct and Razor is a terrorist. I, well, speaking of episode two, um, we should probably get back. And we we have 20 episodes to go. Hmm. So, um, <sighs> like, t- I swear to God, Sam, if she's proved correct. Well, t- well, either way, tune in next time for more updates on Bad Dad of the Day awards. Oh, Bad Dad. Bad Dad. Another Bad Dad entrant, actually. Her, d- d- yes, the, the Bad Dad of the Bride to Be. Yeah. Bad Dad. Like, again, right now, we still got a significant. Like, Kim ends up after the CTU explosion taking the sprog to the hospital. And it turns out she's been, you know, the, the bad dadding has been going on for a while. And the kid's mum calls up. And he, like, calls Kim up. And it's like, you've kidnapped my daughter. And she was like, no, you're, you've, I took her away from her bad dad. And the mum was like, yeah, okay. All oh, right, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. She was like, oh, you, oh, you noticed that too? Well, <laughs> don't I seem reactionary? Mm. Anyway. Wouldn't want there to be a reactionary blonde woman on this program. Oh, God, no, not more of them. Oh, right, okay. Well, let's get back into the filth. Yes, I... Uh... Generally, I'm almost enjoying it, apart from the politics of this are exceptionally more fucked than they were. Uh, Jesse did start chanting, I like 24, I like 24. And then I went, 24's quite racist. I, I think the two things can exist at the same time. I do not enjoy racism. Oh no, we, you don't enjoy racism. You just in you can enjoy seeing the pathology of an era. Yeah, it is there. it is of its time. This is this is a time capsule. Hmm. Like it is this, it is a, a time capsule of a again. Its politics are very confused. Yeah. It it wants to be racially diverse. It wants to it wants to have its yellow cake and eat it. Yeah. Incredible atomic bomb joke. But in this case, it is a urinal cake, sadly. Um, like, it's not very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's much better edited and closer resembling a TV show. Oh, yes, because this, also, this also came out um, not just after the hugely influential media uh, extravaganza of 9-11, but um, the Bourne Identity. Mm, you know, it's clearly learned some lessons from that, actually. Yeah, they thought, hey, what happens if a camera can move? Yeah, they move the camera now. 
like astounding that I never noticed that they really didn't do that that much in, it, in it, season one, it, but that's it, why it felt so sleepy and static. I'm reminded of when I um, watched The Force Awakens and I wasn't you know, particularly impressed with the film, but I was stunned to see a Star Wars film where the camera moved. Mm. I, just, I, I didn't know they could do that. Yeah. I thought that if you, oh. had, you, know, I thought that if you had, you know, all, all your, all your gleep glops and your, you know, sort of force incest yeah. that just made the camera stand still. Hmm. And well, they mounted it on a gonk droid. Yeah. Oh, okay. no, no. Anyway, uh, right. We've got to go. We've got to, we've got to get on with it. We're 15 minutes over schedule. Jack Bauer at this point will probably be uh, like, we have a uh, damage counter is currently at two. Oh, okay. We have cool. Two, we, I, I counted two. That's dam- much higher than last time. Yes. I may have missed a damage, mm. but yeah, uh, as Jack, that's Mr. Dammit to you. <laughs> oh, no, please, Mr. Dammit was my father. Just mm. call, call me, call me Hog. Mm. Anyway, once more, once more into the hoggery. Uh, we'll see you in four hours, pals. Bye. Well-